Welcome to Lip Talk, Ladies in Property. We'll be talking about all things property from the perspective of the agent, the stylist, the lawyer, and the broker. We're all moms, business owners, friends, wives, and ladies in property. We encounter issues relating to property on a daily basis, and we want to share these with you so that you can learn from our experiences. Hi, welcome to Lip Talk. I'm here today. I'm Meg Ritchie, the stylist. This is Nicole Carter, the agent, and Marie Fedorov, the lawyer. So today we're going to be talking about the real estate industry in general um, with the COVID trends and what's been going on for us all individually in our businesses. So starting with Nicole, Nicole, can you just give us a bit of an update on the real estate industry, what's going on, um, you know, maybe open homes? Yeah, just give us a bit of an overview of, of, of what's been happening during COVID. Yes, thank you, Meg. Obviously, it's been unprecedented times. I hate using that word because everyone's using it, but it's the truth. So for open homes over the last couple of months, we've certainly experienced a lot of changes. Um, in Queensland in particular, the restrictions have been dropped now. Yes. So fortunately, we can go back to open homes. We still have to take precautions, which we are doing. So in terms of ensuring we've got hand sanitizer or gloves, masks, Whatever buyers and sellers feel comfortable with, we ensure we have that, as well as signage and limited numbers through each property. Mm. So every single open home that we do, we now ensure we have that available, yeah. as well as private inspections. Yeah. So open homes, um, remarkably, have certainly been very, very popular, and our numbers are up on the Gold Coast, yeah. which is very promising, yeah. considering what other states are experiencing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I would certainly say right now it's more of a buyer's market. So we have a lot of buyers out there. Stock levels are actually quite low at the moment. So yeah, right. we are seeing an influx of more buyers, particularly ones who've probably sat on the sidelines for six weeks who couldn't get out and actually mm. see properties. So for us, we're fortunate that the Gold Coast has actually been pretty, pretty still hot. Yeah, yeah. So if it's a buyer's market, what are what are the sellers doing? Are they just holding off, do you think? I know from, I mean, I'll talk briefly about my predicament, but from yours, from selling, what, what's going on? Look, a lot of sellers who need to sell at the moment, they have varying circumstances. So some were upsizing, um, some had to sell due to financial circumstances or maybe they're possibly getting a divorce. So COVID hasn't really affected them hugely. Yeah. Mm. Um, what we are experiencing currently is the pricing for properties, um, particularly in the area where I work, have been pretty well maintained. Yeah. So the pricing yeah. hasn't come down. If yeah. anything, what I am experiencing is a lot of properties are selling off the market. So I'll be called in by a vendor, we'll chat through what our strategy will be for marketing, mm. but because I already have a database of buyers that I work with, I'll be bringing them through before we even launch the property. Right. So we've had some huge success in terms of selling off the market mm. before we officially photograph the property and put it on social media. What about auctioning? Are auctions successful at the moment or is that something that you would perhaps not recommend right now? 
Look, in my area, they are not um, hugely recommended. We don't have a huge success rate. However, in other states, um, particularly Melbourne, Sydney, they're still hugely popular. And a lot of the auctioning has gone to an online platform. Oh, really? So you can still have the auctioneer available, have bidding available. There's some new platforms which have been introduced Mm. where you can bid online and on your phone, which is pretty amazing. So with COVID hitting us, there's been some very new, good, cutting-edge technology which has been introduced. Um, So much so that even for some auctions, we've had buyers who can attend the auction and still be anonymous and bid on their phones. Oh, wow. Um, So that's quite amazing how things have evolved where you don't have to just bid with a number anymore. You can do it anonymously on your phone. That's Mm. great. And I've seen your technology that you've been using on social media. I'm not sure what it's called, but, you know, you're basically virtually taking people around through a property. Can you tell us about that? That's really cool. Yes, absolutely. Well, of course, like everyone who was affected pretty quickly, we had to adapt. So we do have access to a Matterport machine, which is a 3D machine. Right. So it really is a walkthrough of the property and it allows you to go through every single room step by step Um, on a 3D virtual tour. So when COVID did hit us and we couldn't get into properties, we offered an extra service to all our sellers and we went into their properties and actually did that for them as a courtesy. So for buyers who couldn't visit the property or maybe they were stuck interstate, Mm. they could virtually walk through the property. So it's a great facility. It's it's been used in the States for many years um, and we now have adapted that technology as well. That's great. So COVID's been good for technology in the real estate world. <laughs> it has. We've all had to adapt, like a, a, for yeah. both of you and your businesses, Zoom meetings, of course, mm. as well, for, for staff. Yes. Um, there was no teaching on it, was there? It no. was just, you've you just got to learn how to do it. Yes, absolutely. And that's it. Yes. Yeah. And we've, we've even used it for showcasing properties, like I said earlier. I've had some buyers from Victoria, I've had buyers from Sydney who couldn't actually get to the Gold Coast and we've done a live video, a live stream with them through the open home mm-hmm. and we've been successful as well with a few purchases. So Because you've sold houses without people even seeing them, yes. hey? Because yes. I know that I have with staged homes. Yes, wow. absolutely. The Sydney person you were telling us about? Yes. Well, we, we the inquiry we've been getting from interstate buyers has been extremely mm. high. So what we've been doing is setting up times with them to actually FaceTime them on the phone or Zoom or whatever's the, the preferred method that they um, they want to use and meet them at the property, walk them through, show them every room, talk about all the pros and cons of the house, whatever questions they have, and then we can do the contract electronically and we'll meet them face-to-face on the day of settlement when they can actually get here. Yeah, right. Yes. So the, is there any, like, scenarios whereby you've had people that recently have bought outside of um, the Gold Coast, they haven't seen the property or they've come and visited the property during COVID and all of the restrictions? Like, what's... I have of late, the last uh, few weekends, I've had one person from Victoria and one from Sydney, both which have purchased, ironically. So they weren't in hotspots, so they were able to actually fly in, fly out, which we had arranged. So that was quite interesting because a lot of my vendors were also concerned as to who's walking through mm. their home. Of course, yeah. Is it safe? What precautions are we taking? So we, we thoroughly, of course, go through that with a buyer before they come through. So you would have like through. heaps more work to do than normal because you'd have Absolutely. had to like check all of these people coming into these people's homes. We do, we yeah. do. And of course, we ensure we get their full details 
that we're able to have a trail if we do need to get hold of them again. So yeah. that's been imperative during well, that's this comforting. time. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned that interstate buyers, you're seeing that on the rise. Why do you think that is so? Look, I think it's been a mix. Um, anyone who, who sees the Gold Coast as somewhere to retire or they can make a life here, they have a good job, it's a great lifestyle, why wouldn't you want to live here? Mm-hmm. So now that things have changed a bit in different states, we have certainly seen there's been an increase in the positiveness on the Gold Coast. Mm. And if you can, if you don't just want an investment and you actually can transfer with your job, a lot of people are doing that as well. Mm. So, you know, that's been very promising for us because our market seems to be a little bit hotter than what it was previously. Yeah, Yeah. that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I guess people are working from home a lot more as well. So that probably provides a bit more flexibility, don't you think? It does. What Mm. we're also finding is now buyers are wanting properties which do have a larger study or what is the internet connection like because Mm. now I'm home four days a week and I only go in one day a week. Mm. So that's also changed a lot of lifestyles. And I'm seeing a bit of a pattern there in terms of the way buyers are purchasing homes and what they're looking for because now they are at home more and a lot of companies are not wanting to have huge offices, huge office space anymore because you can do everything from home. Mm. Yeah. I've definitely noticed that from a staging perspective. Yes. Um, whereas before we would say that if you've got a four-bedroom home and that fourth bedroom lends itself more towards a bedroom, people have been wanting to lend it it more towards a study yes. so that they have the opportunity to work from home for that buyer. So, um, and then there's the the trends that have happened as a result of, of COVID where I found that there's a lot of people that are going into rented accommodation. They're seeing how the market's gonna do. So there's been an impact of people wanting to sell, um, yes. staging their homes because they're gonna go into rented, see how the market's gonna lie and then maybe look at buying again That's in six it. to 12 months time. We've also found that to be very popular. So while there's a bit of uncertainty mm. as to people's jobs and the economy, where will we go if we if we do have the opportunity to sell and potentially get a good price for our property, let us rent and see what happens maybe towards Christmas, January time. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah so whereas sense. historically this time of year is usually quite quiet. Yes. It's winter. Like it's mm. market's usually quieter this time of year, wouldn't you say? I found yes. it to be, you know, phenomenally busy. It is. And the Gold Coast in particular, with all the other states being in the situation they're in, the Gold Coast is is pretty buoyant at the moment. And I think uh, from from what I can see, and I don't know about you, but people are wanting to invest in the Gold Coast because where else in the world would you want to live? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Hence, we're all here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's pretty So those amazing. people that have been waiting whilst COVID was, was, was really rife, I suppose, uh, are now coming to the market, but they're seeing the benefits of that yes. because the prices really haven't changed. Would, absolutely. Would you say? We found the same. And the stock levels are still low. So what has happened is there's more buyers available and less stock to actually show that. So traditionally, if I would take a buyer around to see three or four properties, now I've only really got one or two that they need to pick. Right. So that's what's affected the marketplace as well Mm. for us. So Mm. um, this time of year is not our normal um, trend that we experience every single year. Mm. So this is my 14th year of doing this and... Because COVID has affected, I think, all businesses, mm. we now 
we're pushing as hard as we can up until the end of the year because we're a bit unsure as to what will happen moving yeah. forward. Yeah. What about people's finances, Nicole? Do you think that that is having a bit of an impact on being able to borrow, to yes. buy, refinance, all of those sorts of things? Are you seeing any of that? Look, I've seen two things. Most buyers today are certainly going to see their mortgage broker or their bank up front. So mm. we're finding that... That's good. Yes, yeah, which is great an, news. That's unusual. Like people going and seeing their mortgage brokers before they go and buy houses. Yes. That's what you should do. Definitely. Yes, definitely. Yeah. They're getting pre-approved. That's great. They're not just coming through 20 homes and mm. then when they see something doing the process. Mm -hmm. So we're finding they're doing more homework up front. Mm -hmm. Also, a lot of um, buyers, in fact, I've, I've recently even had a seller who has experienced a slight problem with getting refinanced as well, because a lot of the banks have changed their policies since COVID. Yeah. So um, those are immediate changes which have come into play. So possibly six months ago, you could borrow X amount mm. or um, you could get a, a certain percentage um, from your partner, depending on their job. And as, as things have changed, that's affected their borrowing mm. capacity. So also, types of income has also, that's also yes. changed, hasn't it? So, I think we were talking um, previously about overseas income yes. is now not being considered by some lenders. That's absolutely so, yeah. right. And so, because we have a lot of um, overseas buyers that live on the yeah. Gold Coast, we've experienced this as a potential issue working mm. with lenders. And now suddenly the banks are saying, well, you know, of course, we want to see your pay slip. So we want to make sure you've got a steady income in Australia, mm. not income coming from overseas as well. Mm -hmm. So that's been something quite interesting we've had to address up mm. front. So the best advice I could probably give you is if you are purchasing or you're thinking of selling, you're not sure what your plans are, is see the mortgage broker, see the bank up front so you know what position you stand in because that's changed pretty quickly over yeah. the last six months. Mm. And it's affected everybody. Like yes. it's not just the people that might be claiming job keeper or job seeker. It's the people that may have been relying upon funds from overseas. Yes. So you've got like people that have got you know, uh, access to a lot of money, but then you've also got the other end of the market where they're claiming job keeper or job seeker yes. and they're at the other end of the market. So both have been affected, mm, wouldn't you say? Definitely. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I've seen with separated couples with their property settlements, that is also, that has also had a massive effect. So people who have lost their jobs or ended up on JobKeeper yes. or JobSeeker, they were wanting to refinance the family home to buy out the other person and, uh, and then they aren't able to do so because the banks are changing, changing their rules there and then they no longer apply. So that has made lots of deals fall over, which has been... Yeah, something unfortunate that I've seen. Yes, mm. I'm sure. And so, Marie, what about the valuations on those couples that might have been looking at separating, you know, maybe three yeah. months ago in that's, comparison to where they're at now? Surely all of that kind of has a bit of a knock-on effect? That's been a really interesting one. Like, Nicole, you mentioned that property prices haven't really plummeted like... I guess we thought they had, mm -hmm. but valuers are definitely being a lot more conservative with their valuations yes. because they're not sure where it might go. And obviously if a bank is um, lending substantial amounts of money for someone to purchase or to refinance, they want to make sure that if the market does take a dive that they can recoup yes. their costs. And so that has definitely um, been you know, had such an impact on couples and, their, and the deals that they essentially do um, because of that change you know you're not you're not you're not sure if you're actually going to get 
that amount of money that you think you are. So what were they doing previous to COVID that they're not doing now, as in the couples? Is there any like pattern that's happened as a result of COVID? Well, people were doing deals prior to getting any properties valued mm-hmm. and then they'll go and see the broker. So when I guess you say deals, what do you what do you mean by deals? What were they So a husband and wife separate, they yep. have a pool of property and they yep. need to work out who's going to keep mm. what. Okay. So quite often they'll try and do that without seeking legal advice to save costs. Yeah. And they'll say, okay, well this is this is, you know, let's do let's do a 50-50 and that may mean I keep my house you keep your super, you keep the family business or, or whatever arrangement they've worked out and then they'll go to refinance and then the bank will do a valuation on the, on the property and it will come in at 15, 20% lower than what they estimated the property to be worth. And yeah. so if you're going to be retaining that property and all of a sudden it's worth 15 to 20% less in accordance with a valuation that's been obtained, well, why would you? You know, you yeah. want to get that extra 15, 20% from somewhere. Yes. So then the deal falls over and then we're squabbling over who's going to pay what and where it's going to come from. Mm. So it actually has caused quite a bit of, um, I guess, turmoil in the family law space in that regard. So really important to get advice from your mortgage broker about what you can borrow. Really important to get advice from a family lawyer in that situation to find out what you're entitled to. And and realistically, those people should really speak and work out the best deal for you before you actually do the deal, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the pre-approval that um, Nicole said that people are doing, that's probably a really good bit of advice that if you're in any of those circumstances, then you should really go and seek the right advice before you make the next move yeah before yeah beforehand for sure yeah and Mm. I think the climate that we're in we have to constantly just be checking in Mm. to see what policies are available have laws changed so it it is one of those things we have to just keep a closer eye on as opposed to just having a pre-approval for the next six months to a year that's not happening anymore I mean this is it's, it's a really great time for for us for example because it's that collaboration of you know you you go to the doctor when you when you're sick and you know which doctor you want to see if you've got a real estate agent that you know you want to speak to then you're going to speak to them you need to be asking them questions if you've got a family lawyer that you you know it's really important at this time probably for people to have a collaboration with any of our industries so that you can call upon those people and ask any of these sorts of questions definitely Um, because unfortunately you know we're in a very changing world and things can change from one day to the next Um, so COVID has been a really big example of, of how quickly things can change Um, I was just going to ask Marie about uh, how that's affected people sort of relationships. Do you feel like whereas before when we've talked in the past about people trying to work things out, do you feel like they've been more pressurized into having to stay where they are instead of just normally pre-COVID, I guess, you know, the the, um, difficulties not being there? I guess what I experienced was more so that at the start of COVID. So Mm. COVID hit, everyone really freaked out and weren't really sure what was going to happen. And so then we had a lot of people hit the pause button on relationships. Okay, well, hang on. Now we're all going into isolation. Do I really want to be arguing with my, (laughs) you know, 
the guy that's sleeping next to me or in the next room when I'm going to be stuck in this place yeah. for who knows how long. And so people people did calm down with with their relationships, press pause, you know, went with the flow, I guess. And mm. then we did see an increase after that. So as soon as we were allowed to come out of our out of isolation, then for sure we did see an increase. And probably because people were living together and they really didn't want to be living together. So it created a lot of pressure for them. Um, But also from a financial point of view, people were very uncertain. So if we separate now, what am I going to be left with? Am I going to have a roof over my head? What if our property is worth half of what it is now? Um, And I agree for my former partner to retain the property? Am I going to sell myself short? So there was a lot of uncertainty there. So people definitely did hit the pause button. Um, but I think it has it has kind of come back from there and people are realising that, um, you know, if they're going to separate, perhaps now's the time yes. um, because we don't know what's going to happen in the future and how long do I want to stay with, you know, with this person for and, and, um, and stick it out. So... Yeah. So what would your advice be, Marie, if someone is experiencing or they've got to a point where maybe they've tried everything, they want to take the next step. Obviously, they quite often come to me. The first thing they do mm, is they the do. real estate agent, the solicitor mm. to approach firstly just to see what they should be doing with their property. Um, of course, they also approach Neg as well. So we're all yeah. really intertwined in this whole well, deal. Well, we had the client, remember, this week that I went out to see and I went to look at her property and um, she's in a, a very affluent area on the Gold Coast. Um, she wants to do something outside of the norm. So she doesn't want to have open homes because of her working yeah. hours. And uh, whilst talking to her, it's never a good time to slip out the family law card or, or, you know, the real estate agent card. But we got on quite well and uh, we had a conversation about how she was separating from her partner and they were very amicable. She'd already told me that she'd been to see somebody or some government organisation. I, I can't recall which one. But in that situation, she'd come to me. Mm-hmm. She hadn't spoke to an agent. She'd spoken to a lawyer I mean really you know is there a right way of doing all of this and and if so what can we tell our listeners is actually the right way to go because uh, in that situation I did get the feeling from her that she was unsure about what what she Mm. was kind of Mm. supposed to be doing and and she was kind of just going through the motions whilst outside all the renovations and things are taking Mm. part. There definitely is a right way. So the the best thing to do is to speak to a family lawyer to get advice on that. But a few of the questions that I do ask revolve around the values of people's assets and liabilities. So if you can get in your mind what everything is worth and if we're talking real estate, then you need to have an idea about what your property is worth. So if that means contacting an agent and asking for an appraisal, Mm -hmm. then you should definitely do that. But I wouldn't take it any further than that until you get that legal advice to find out what your entitlements are. Because then what we do as family lawyers is explain to the client their options. So, okay, what are you looking to retain? So what's important to you? Is the roof over your head and the family home the most important thing? Or is your you know, income generating business the most important thing to you? Or is your mm-hmm. self-managed super fund, commercial property, whatever it might be. Yeah. So working out what the most important thing is and then working out how much you may have to pay the other person 
to be able to retain those assets. And then we look at looking going to a mortgage broker to look at any refinancing options, to seeing what you can afford really. And then when we look at all of that and we look at, yes, okay, a property needs to be sold, then that's when the real estate agent would step in with, of course, the stylist's um, advice to ensure that you present the property as best as you can to get the most money um, for your property. So that's essentially the process. But a lot of people do jump the gun and they, you know, they see a real estate agent and then the sign is out the front before yeah. you know it. <laughs> they haven't staged the property. The place has got the tenants in there with, you know, terrible furniture or it's very untidy yes. and they haven't really taken any of that into consideration. So so yeah. what are the so if we were talking to our listeners, what would the repercussions of that be in that instance, for example? So if they hadn't spoken to a family lawyer and they just spoke to Nicole and they hadn't done anything else apart from put the house on the market, what are the implications of that? What kind of things do we need to kind of make them aware of? Well, quite what a what lot they're of letting things, themselves up for? Yeah, quite a lot of things could happen, negative things, I guess. So, for example, um, they may list the property for sale and have it empty, unstaged, not looking great, auction it off, it gets passed in, but they've done a deal potentially, let's keep 50-50 of the property mm. sale proceeds. Well, they thought the property was worth a million dollars and then it gets passed in and the highest bidder was, you know, 750000 So they thought the property was worth a million dollars, but, you know, they're obviously a few hundred thousand dollars short and then all of a sudden they don't agree for the 50-50 arrangement. So the deal can essentially fall over and then they have to start again. Yeah. That can create real tension between the couple and then that can just spiral things from there. So that's just one thing that can happen. Uh, another thing um, that is quite common is properties are obviously sometimes owned by different people. So husband and wife might own it jointly yes. or the husband may have it in his name for whatever reason and it might be tax for tax purposes or what have you. And then they list the property for sale. Settlement is about to take place or has taken place. They haven't had any advice from a family lawyer. What happens when settlement takes place? Money needs to go somewhere. And for example, if the wife hasn't received any legal advice, the money may end up in the husband's bank account, which the real estate agent and their conveyancer is entitled to do. Uh, so they have then essentially put that money in the husband's account. He could go and then spend it on, I don't know, the horses or at the casino. <laughs> you don't know. And then there goes that money. So getting advice on what to do there to ensure that you protect, you know, your part of the sale proceeds is really important as well. Yes. Mm. To elaborate on that, we have had instances where the one the party just doesn't care. They just want us to get rid of the property mm. because they want out of the relationship. Right. They just want the house sold. So it's very important. I think we've touched on this previously mm. in, in our other episode is having that meeting with both parties up front to really try and get them the best pro possible outcome. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we will sell the property. But mm you know, to get a good market-related price is extremely important. Yeah. Mm. And especially in the market as it is today, like with COVID, mm. you know, you, you really still have got an opportunity on the Gold Coast to to maximise that sale price. Yes. So we want to make sure that our sellers are absolutely taking advantage of that. Definitely. Um, I mean, everywhere else, probably COVID has had a, a much, much more detrimental effect 
and we're very fortunate living on mm. the Gold Coast that it, that it hasn't as far as the property market's concerned at the moment. I mean, I know that, um, you know, the last month or so have been one of the busiest that we've had in a long time. And that's been partly to do with the fact that there was a, a silent part for a, for a month or so. But, um, you know, people that were holding off now ready to sell and they really do see the benefits in in staging their home for sale because they want to maximize that sale price um, but then there's also probably a lot of people that are holding off because they're wary of the market and yes. they're not really sure where mm. it's at but um, I think that we can safely say at the moment that it's still definitely a very popular place to to sell and we are very fortunate so yeah, yeah definitely yeah wouldn't you say like in today's market, the Gold Coast out of everywhere in Australia is like really quite buoyant? Yes, very much so. Yeah, you know. Um, do you think that um, if if we're at the m moment where we've got trades coming into houses, like the house that I was just referring to you about with that client, um, we're trying to do renovations on our house at the <laughs> moment. So we're, we're still going through that renovation process. And you've got tradespeople coming to the house. They seem to be overquoting. Yes. They're too busy. We had one guy that just on the phone outright said, unless you're interested in us doing the job for you, we're not going to come out and see you. And it's a $20,000 job to do to redo our driveway. And he's like, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of tradespeople out there that are phenomenally busy mm. and they're making money out yes. of this market that we're in at the moment. Do, they're pretty do you, hard are you finding that... We're finding that as well because in preparation for selling properties, yeah. we go around the property yeah. and besides staging, we ensure does it need a paint, do doors need to be fixed? Yeah. And we are experiencing that with tradespeople. Um, really because during COVID, a lot of people were stuck at home, so they invested a lot into their properties yeah. Yeah. and then decided we will start doing renovations. We will start doing some improvements to our properties. So mm. started getting onto tradespeople. Yeah. And that jilted the market quite a lot, actually. So we're in that same boat now. It, it's quite difficult to find someone on the coast who's willing to take on a small job. Yeah. So we're finding a lot of our handymen or um, people that maybe don't have jo jobs are adapting more and they're able to go out now and assist us with an array of things yeah. at a lot of owners' properties, yeah. um, which is quite handy because as some people have lost jobs during mm. this time, they've had to adapt and pick up on other skills that maybe they haven't used previously. People are spending a lot more money in their property. So yes. if they're not in a rush to sell, instead of going on holiday, which we're well, we all can't, a bit really. restricted to doing, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, they're spending money on their house. Mm. So it's it's been great for the economy, I suppose, in that in that respect, because there's lots more people, you know, sort of enjoying their home and, and, and spending, spending money, money on Australia. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You'll probably see it as well with styling. If you yeah. just, everybody has gone to Kmart and, you know, just stocked up on home furnishings. Yeah, because yeah, there's no stock. stock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the stock has been lost in the sea yes. because the containers have fallen off ships. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've had um, circumstances whereby we're uh, putting together interior design packages for clients and trying to get hold of certain stock on Emory when we've talked about um, preparing offices mm. and, and 
you can't get hold of desks no. because they're sold out of everywhere yeah. because obviously COVID has sent everyone um, office space crazy and they want it to look amazing. Um, so that's been a real kind of change in the marketplace, I suppose. Um, you've got like six plus weeks to wait for yes. one piece of, of furniture. Um, so yeah, certainly people have been spending money on their homes. Definitely. It's a good thing. So, Nicole, yes. you have this, we have this awesome brochure uh, to do with preparing your property for sale. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about what is in that brochure? Yes. Look, it's a great brochure. Firstly, it includes the three of us, which is fantastic. So, if you're wondering where to start in terms of selling your property, speaking to someone like yourself or legal advice or preparing your home with staging or what the process is to sell, it has all our details in the brochure. And then it's a step-by-step guide as to what you should be doing to the property. Should you be getting a building pest? What are the things you should be looking out for? So it's a pretty comprehensive booklet and it just gives you some great pointers as to what to do and who to contact. And then, of course, our details are all on the brochure as well. If you want more specifics, you can contact us directly. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for that, Nicole. And thank you so much for listening today. Uh, We are Lip Talk and you can find out more about us and what we offer in our show notes. Bye for now.